episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Chris, and with me always is the Bill to my Ted, Tony. Say hey, Tone. Hey, guys. Oh, man, it is great to be back. Episode 52. Uh, I feel like uh, the Proton Pack's been on uh, COVID leave for a bit uh, with all the entertainment being locked down and everything, but damn, it feels good to be back. Yeah, I want to say it's been about a month since we recorded but the problem is there hasn't been enough news enough things to go over with movies shut down production shut down so it took a while to compile everything we needed to put together a new show for you guys yeah so this and what's really cool is uh as you're watching this we are actually in reno nevada we Mm -hmm. are in the same room i'm literally looking at the camera to you guys (laughs) and then i'm looking across my partner right there so uh, this is really awesome to be able to do this, um, and I uh, hope you enjoy the show. We're happy to be back, and uh, looking forward to it. We finally have compiled enough uh, news stories to, for a good show. And it's going to be a good one. There's a lot of good stuff. A lot of good now. stuff. We've let it build. Yep. It's nice. Yep. But before we get into that, let's do what we do each and every show and start off with our shameless plugs. It's shameless plug time. It is in these hills that Juan Valdez and his trusty goat gather coffee beans every morning. Money is cool. Money is great. Yep. Yeah. All right. First shameless plug is my dog rescue nonprofit, Rough Riders. Roughriders.org. We are a uh, 501c3, and we concentrate on transporting dogs from kill shelters out in the rural areas of Nevada, bring them here to uh, the more metro Reno area, and uh, find them homes, help give them a second chance at life. And uh, it is one of those things that uh, it is a house of cards. It's a nonstop thing that... uh, you know, any help that we can get is truly, truly, truly appreciated. Uh, if you want to learn more, if you want to donate, head over to roughriders.org or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash roughridersaves. Now, Tony does a little radio show uh, every Sunday, Sunday with our good friend Jimmy Jones, Pop Culture Kaboom. Why don't you tell him about it? Yeah, so you can check out Jimmy's Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. It is on 95.1 KNVC. You can get it at KNVC.org. KNVC. Um, and that's uh, in the Carson City, Nevada area. But, of course, you can be anywhere in the world. Check it out. Uh, he has archives of past shows. But it airs uh, Sunday nights from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific time. This time, yeah. Yeah, so we're actually on Pacific time. I've got to get adapted to this. But, uh, yeah, I do a movie segment with them. And, again, that's been kind of tough with uh, the whole COVID-19 and everything. But we've been doing uh, a lot of uh, on-demand. So we've been letting you guys know what's been coming to the streaming world since that's been a a big business in that sense. But check it out, Pop Culture Kaboom Sunday Nights. And Tony uh, does the movie section of that, but uh, most recently, last Sunday, you were there for the entire show, right? Entire show. Fantastic. Uh, Jimmy covers everything from uh, cons, which 
course, haven't been going on. Toys, books, graphic novels, uh, geeky games, dice games, card games. Uh, it's it's just a pretty, as, as the slogan goes, everything you want, everything you need in pop culture, pop culture kaboom. So Fair enough. Fair enough. And speaking of radio shows, uh, our final shameless plug is a radio show that uh, we do each and every day here at America Matters Media. It is the Christian Phoenix radio show. Uh, I'm the host. I have Tony as a guest host. We've got our buddy Ryan Wink as one of our other co-hosts. Uh, did I call you a guest host? I no, no. You, you said one of the hosts. No. Oh, okay. I feel, right. I feel like you did one of the co-hosts is what I could have swore you just said. So. I don't know. It's been a long yeah. day. But, well, uh, you know, you do lose me to the singularity at times on the show. But, right. uh, yeah, Christian Phoenix show. Um, so if you guys are fans of pop of uh, pop culture, kaboom, we'll check that out. Uh, for the Proton Pack, I mean, you get that Monday through Friday, new episodes. Now, it's got some elements from our podcast here. But there's, overall. Yeah, there's a little bit of crossover. Not a lot. Not a lot. Uh, it is a two-hour show. It's from uh, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. every morning. Uh, Pacific time, and uh, I mean, go to Christian Phoenix uh, Facebook page, Instagram page, uh, anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, we love the live interaction. We've got a voicemail line for people to call in on, and uh, we have a lot of fun with that show, and it's live. You know, yeah, it's fantastic, and I got to throw it out to Ryan Wink. Um, got to be in studio with him and just having him on air. We have to usually do a Zoom because he's in California. Chris is based here in Nevada. I'm out of Colorado. But if you guys have watched, he is a character and the guy is funny. Like my little voices are funny for this podcast, but this dude, top notch, hilarious, happy to have him on the show. Uh, check it out, guys. It's great. It's a lot of fun. We've interviewed uh, Tiger King cameraman, Donnie Osmond's nephew. Yep. That's just, we got uh, even... Uh, we got the voice of Bullwinkle coming Bullwinkle up. Bullwinkle coming yeah. up. Yeah, we got some good things coming up. So a lot of good support. That's been about going a little over a month now. So thanks for the support if you guys are following us there. But those are the shameless yeah. plugs, I'd say, huh? Yeah, it's growing like crazy, but uh, we're not here for that. We are here for the Proton Pack podcast. Everything we're back. Geeky, nerdy. All the things that you guys love and expect from us. So uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and get into our TV news. Bazinga. Oh! The cream of the crop! <laughs> hey, baby. Let's go, Bob. Excellent. Hail to the king, baby. <laughs> Hail to the king, baby. All right, let's start start off with a little uh, CW news. So DC fans were devastated when DC Universe canceled Swap Thing. Swamp Thing. Swap Thing. Swap Thing. Swap Thing of the Swap Meat. After only its pilot had aired last May, with the TV adaption of the horror comic book character prematurely wrapping up after just 13 episodes. There were hopes that the James Wan-produced show could be renewed elsewhere, but unfortunately that hasn't happened. At least some good news has been uh, has just reared its head, though as the CW has now acquired Season 1. Deadline is reporting that the network has acquired the rights to air Swamp Thing's first and only run this summer, alongside Canadian crime drama Coroner and UK comedy Dead Pixels. Of course, it's common for the CW to pick up pre-existing shows to fill their schedules during the summer months, and this should certainly come as a welcome news to DC fans. It's only fitting that Swamp Thing has found a post-mortem home, I almost said postmodern. Postmortem <laughs> home at the CW2, given their vast DC franchise. In fact, Swampy was even confirmed to take the place uh, 
to take place with the Arrowverse multiverse in Crisis on Infinite Earths, which featured a clip of Derek Muir's creature in its ending montage. He lives on Earth-19 if you're interested. An Earth-1 Prime version of the character has been mentioned to exist on Legends of Tomorrow as well, as a friend of John Constantine, obviously, because they do uh, Justice League Dark. But uh, I think that's good news. You know, I don't think DC Universe gave it the time that it deserved. Uh, Swamp Thing is a lesser-known DC character, but, you know, they took sort of that horror approach with it. And, uh, you know, I still haven't seen it yet. My hope was that on HBO Max it would be there, but it's but not. But it's not so there. Bummer. I'll well, check it out on uh, CW I'm looking summer. forward to watching it, too. I think it's one of those things. I, I'm looking forward to getting back into catching up on, on some shows. I mean, you and I both been very busy, hard to catch up. And uh, I think that's a great thing, too, at CW. gives it a whole other life. Um, we'll see how brave they are to air it. And uh, uh, we'll see if it's if it gains feet. I, I'm hoping it does, so. Me too, me too. Um, and obviously we lost Arrow. Arrow's no longer being produced uh, under the CW uh, banner, so maybe this might take its place. Yeah, it could be good. And if you get the right writers behind it, uh, it seems like there was a good enough dedication to make it. It just seemed like the DC streaming service never really figured out how it wanted to launch that program. And like you said, kind of had hoped it would be on HBO Max. But again, that's something we'll probably touch up, I think, a little bit later on the episode Stay here. tuned. Yeah, a little All teaser right. there for you. But speaking of CWDC series, uh, Batwoman will look a little different when it returns for season two because star Ruby Rose quit the show. Just quit. Yep. Said, I'm done. The actress who played the titular superhero for the first season of the CW series, confirmed the news in a statement, quote, saying, I've made the very difficult decision to not return to Batwoman next season. This was not a decision I made lightly, as I have the utmost respect for the cast, crew, and everyone involved with the show in both Vancouver and in Los Angeles. I'm beyond appreciative to Greg Berlanti, Sarah Schechter, and Carolyn Dries for not only giving me this incredible opportunity, but for welcoming me welcoming me into the DC universe they have so beautifully created. Thank you, Peter Roth and Mark Pedowitz and the teams at Warner Brothers and the CW who put so much into the show and always believed in me. Thank you to everyone who made season one a success. I am truly grateful. Now, since this story broke, uh, more information has come out. Uh, they are not going to be recasting uh, the Kate Kane character who Ruby Rose played. They are going to be introducing a brand new character who's going to be taking up that Batwoman mantle. I think that's smart, and it gives you... I personally never watched the show. I know we've covered this uh, on past episodes of the Proton Pack, and... Uh, you know, she went along, you know, for her, it was a dream come true to get that. There's been reports that she was burned out and just it was a grueling work schedule. It was a little bit much for what she was looking for right now. Um, who knows if all of that was true. I'm sure there's always behind the scenes stuff you right. don't know. But I think that's the right move. I think you put in uh, a whole new character, introduce the season, get some new fans behind it. Make sure you do a good casting choice and a great story. Right. It should work fine. And it... it puts you away from that sometimes nail in the coffin when you try to just replace the main character, right. the actual character. You don't want to pull an Aunt Vivian. Yeah, you don't do an Aunt Vivian. That's what not to do. You have to do kind of <laughs> like uh, when Two and a Half Men lost Charlie Sheen. Like right. You didn't bring Ashton Kutcher to play Charlie Sheen. You just kind of had like a half-assed yeah, story. Yeah, you reworked like, it a but, little bit. But yeah, but you introduced Ashton Kutcher's character in such a way that 
okay, it made sense and how they kept drawing Cryer's character in there. So, right. you know, we'll see yeah. how it goes. Yeah. yeah, I think they'll they'll do it right. They'll do it justice. And, uh, you know, we'll hear more about it. We'll let you guys know. Um, it, you know, like Tony said, it, it's things have been just so busy that uh, it's been hard to keep up, especially on these CW shows. There's so many of them. I did want to check out Batwoman, but just didn't have the time no again this kind of a throwback to the first uh article that we talked about it's if dc does this right what they need to do is just obliterate their dc online service team up with hbo it into hbo max then that way that gives hbo mo 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 more arsenal um, for their streaming to compete against Disney Plus, Netflix, Hulu, you know, it makes them a real strong contender when you have that big library out the gate. Right. I'm going to start one of those online petitions to uh, get people to demand. Demand it now. DC folded yeah. into HBO They Max. just do because, I mean, I don't have the DC network. You don't have it. And they have some stuff on there, but uh, you just don't hear much about it. And it's kind of a pain in the butt uh, app to, to get. It's not on like i don't believe it's on fire stick or i could be wrong it's not on amazon fire stick and it's yeah. not on roku and i can only, i've only seen it on my xbox it's the only yeah. app i've seen it pop up it didn't show up on my samsung tv or my apple tv kind of hard if your app is not accessible yeah. just saying and with that being said I, i'm skipping ahead in the stories just because it, it's sort of a natural fit and then we'll come back to the one that we yeah, were going to talk cool. about yeah Speaking of HBO Max, so HBO Max launched at the end of May with many DC movies fans might have expected to see on Warner Media's new streaming service missing at the time of launch. Starting July 1st, even more notable DC movies will be unavailable to watch on HBO Max. Comicbook.com confirmed that Justice League, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, Catwoman, Jonah Hex, and The Losers will all be pulled from rotation as of July 1st. What a stupid move. Right? Gosh. An HBO Max spokesperson said, We have a collection of DC films that will rotate on the platform. We have a new batch coming in July and then another batch coming in August. Precisely which DC movies will be coming in August remains unclear, nor is it clear when those pulled DC titles might return to HBO Max. As the site points out, the only DC movies currently available on HBO Max that will stay in rotation through July are Aquaman, Shazam, Joker, Green Lantern, and Supergirl. Um, not not the best idea, you know. It, no. Again, the, the day it launched, I was super excited to watch it. Yes. I... Pull, pulled up my Amazon Fire TV stick, couldn't find it anywhere. So I did a little digging, found out that Amazon and HBO Max haven't come to an agreement yet. So I was bummed, and then Tony reminded me the next day that I could actually pull it up on PlayStation, on PlayStation 4. So I pulled it up and decided to take some time to just sort of cycle through, see what they had. I was excited about the DC Universe shows, which they had promised were going to be on there, and then all of the DC movies. And I'm sort of underwhelmed with what they have to offer. Yeah, it's uh, it's very disappointing. I think this was such a big hype because for those that don't know, and we like to cover a lot of streaming stuff on our show, you've got uh, all the Friends, all the Big Bang Theory, all of the South Park, all the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Those are your big show shows. Plus you have Game of Thrones, you have all the HBO properties. Um, so you combine that in with them hyping, like hyping up that they had the, the, the Warner Brothers, like the Batmans right, and all that right. stuff. It sounds like a slam, a slam dunk. Now, 
Right now, if you logged in today as you watch the show, Batman and all that stuff's there. But for them to pull it in just a month without with this life, I mean, at that point, you're about a month and a week old yeah. at that point. You're already pulling that many movies. Like, no. I think right now the best thing to do is have as many options as possible on your platform. And you got to compete against Netflix, which has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. And they continue to produce new and innovative shows. They cycle their movies very well. I mean, like just this last month, they brought back, back the Back to the Future trilogy, right. Indiana Jones. And yes, there's contracts with like, uh, you know, they still have a couple of the Star Wars movies before right. they go to Disney+. And they even have the Dark Knight trilogy. Like yeah. HBO didn't have the rights to that just yet. And yeah. it blows my mind that HBO is pulling this so quick. And like you said, not this kind of throwback to the DC part. Mm. Not having the app accessible on all your streaming devices is a bad business move. Right, right. Considering you have what you have HBO Now, the last HBO service is that's accessible yeah. on your Fire Stick. Oh, and, absolutely. So it's disappointing. It, it, yeah, it is yeah. for a new service that we are super excited about. <sighs> they got time to write the ship, but this is kind of in a time where you really want to wean people away from the competitor because your price is kind of high. Not only is it high, but, you know, look at Disney Plus as the way to roll out a new streaming service. Oh, my God. That was the best. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Marvel movies. So they have all of the Marvel movies on there that uh, aren't under contract at Netflix and, and other sources. And then once that runs out, they'll get them. But they'll be there forever. Yeah, there's no worries about running out. Like... Those are exclusive to that thing. So, and I mean, you're talking like Disney was smart. Like they rolled out, they knew they were ahead of the time, even with COVID. They said, yeah. you know what? We just had Onward that came out in theaters. Our our fans can't go see the movies because the right. theaters are down. Guess what? They have Disney Plus. There we're you making go. Making it available. And you know, when that app dropped, real smart, their pricing was cheap. Yep. And if you had Verizon right out the gate, it was like a full year free. Yeah. Just include because you have Verizon. Smart businesses, and that's why I feel Disney Plus is is a successful on its own. And plus, they continue to put out originals, um, and there's a lot more coming out for that. And so HBO didn't really, I think, they had some stuff, yeah. and they had some good ideas. So they're really going to have to go back. I'm, uh, yeah, the, the, their back catalog stuff is great. You oh, know, we, absolutely. Yeah, you know, we mentioned they have all the Nightmare on Elm Streets. They've got all of the Friday the Thirteenth, the Alien movies. Um, they don't have the Predator movie. Oh, those were Fox. Never mind. Yeah, but they had Alien versus Predator. They yeah. did have those on yeah. there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just uh, needless to say, I am very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that. All right. Moving on from DC over to Marvel. Marvel Studios won't have to wait much longer until Daredevil can rejoin the MCU. Via Screen Rant, the fan campaign known as Save Daredevil has calculated that only six months remain until the rights to Daredevil transfer from Netflix back to Marvel. Due to the nature of the contract between Netflix and Marvel, the latter isn't able to use characters like Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones until two years after the cancellation of their respective shows. Netflix canceled Daredevil in late November 2018, meaning Marvel will regain the rights to the character in November 2020. Now, what it doesn't say is if they regain 
or if they have the rights to the actual Netflix Daredevil show that they could put on Disney Plus, uh, if they have to make their own, or the rumor that I'm hearing is Daredevil will make an appearance in the next Spider-Man movie, which will be coming out right around that time that uh, they quote unquote regain those rights. Right. I really hope that what they do with this is I hope they take the Netflix shows and I hope they move them over to Hulu. Because, I mean, they are a little on the darker side for Disney. Yep. Um, but it would be great to have them over on Hulu because they own Hulu, too. Right. Smart. Smart thing. And that's like your more adult edge. And, um, you know, great properties. I mean, I'd love to see Jessica Jones pop up in a MCU movie down the line. Right. You know, and, and same with Luke Cage, Daredevil. Right. I think those Punisher is going to be a big one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I forgot all about that. They casted that perfectly. The only character I didn't care for in the whole Netflix MCU stuff was Iron Fist. I just, yeah. I didn't like, I thought Danny Rand was a weak, just kind of a whiny <laughs> character and yeah. uh, not my favorite of them all. But the other one's fantastic. Right. Perfectly cast, great storytelling, and just that right of dark, yeah. edgy yeah. for Marvel. And I, I'm excited to see what happens. I I'd be really bummed if they recasted these characters. I really like uh, everyone that, you know, who they play. Like well, Charlie Cox is a yeah. great daredevil. And the thing is that the Netflix series were, they existed in the MCU universe. They made reference to Avengers and, and the events of New York and all of that. So um, it'd be great to not only retain those stories, but retain the actors that play them as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Because so. it was like Kristen Ritter was, uh, she's Jessica Jones. Yep. And I don't she know Luke great. Cage's name, but the the gentleman that plays that uh, character. Mike Coulter. Okay, Mike Coulter. Yep. Fantastic. They did a great job with that. I agree. All right. Uh, speaking of Disney+, Plus, but moving away from Marvel and into the Star Wars universe, we've all been looking forward to The Mandalorian Season 2. Absolutely. There were rumors that through the coronavirus pandemic, they might release it a little bit early. My f fingers are still crossed that that's going to be the case, but... You never know. Uh, it is slated to come out in October, but we know from the first season that each episode had a different, basically sort of celebrity directors, uh, a well-known director who took one on, sort of made it their own. And, uh, you know, names like uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, Taika Waititi, um, you know, big names that you know. Well, they're continuing that tradition for Mandalorian season two, and that includes uh, Robert Rodriguez, Oh, nice. From uh, Sin City, from Dusk Till Dawn. Fantastic director. Machete. Machete. And Peyton Reed, who, uh, if you've watched any of the Ant-Man movies, you know his work there. And so, uh, yeah, we're going to see more big names directing individual episodes of The Mandalorian. And then we've also got some big name actors that are coming to it as well. Oh, we've talked yeah. about Rosario Dawson. And I think most recently they said uh, Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, he's going to be playing a... Uh Another type of Mandalorian. There was rumor he was going to play Boba Fett because Boba Fett's supposed to. No, but they're having. There, yeah. uh, what's his. Uh, the original. The actor who played Jango Fett in. In uh, the Clone Wars will be exactly. per pursuing him, yeah, because he survived the Sarlacc pit. So, yep. uh, very excited for everything that's uh, coming out. And, and what was great, too, is, you know, the news broke today or well, yesterday that. You know, the delay, they were able to get the principal photography done and all that stuff that we're on. It's in the can. We're ready it's to ready, roll. Yeah. Like you had said, you were hoping they were, while we were doing the quarantine dream, they were just going to release it. Right. But, you know, that didn't happen, but it's okay, you know. Um, fantastic show and uh, Disney Plus firing on all cylinders with that 
And then uh, just having the uh, Clone Wars end. Yeah. Fantastic show. I had to start backwards. Right. Because I was so many seasons behind <laughs> that I just jumped in at the end because I get the gist of what happened. Yeah. Well, beautifully done. I agree. Good news, everyone. Oh, I like it. It is. It is. All right. Uh, sticking in the world of Star Wars, uh, you know, we had talked about the fact that uh, there was a new Legends of the Hidden Temple style game show that was coming out, uh, and it is officially being released today? Monday. Monday. So June 10th. I keep, I don't know why, like, we both think it's Friday here today as we record the show. Well, yesterday was June 10th. Oh, well, then. So it might uh, be out. Maybe it's out. Holy moly. I thought the 10th was Monday. I'm an, I'm a Goomba. And what we're talking about is Jedi Temple Challenge. And it's, uh, you know, if you're a fan of the old Guts or Legends of the Hidden Temple, uh, you know, Nickelodeon, uh, you know. Uh, Legends of the Obsta Hidden yeah, Temple. Obstacle course type shows. This is very much along those lines. And uh, it is being um, hosted by actor Ahmad Best, who... If you're not familiar with the name, you'll be familiar with the character he played, Jar Jar Binks. Yes, Jar Jar Binks. I, for some reason, did that really bad even now. Uh, I'll give you a, yeah. another try. <clears throat> Annie, Miss Jar Jar Binks, and you take a look at Star Wars Jedi Challenge Temple or something. It's now available on Star Wars Kids YouTube channel. Hey, that was much better. Yeah, it was a little better. Yeah. A little rusty. I haven't really dug into that character in a while but yeah confirming at live as we record this uh episode one and two are available now on youtube uh star wars kids on youtube so completely free um you check it out they've they've only did the 10 episodes they filmed it at uh uh in disney world right yeah at uh star wars uh, galaxy's edge they filmed it so um, yeah. Now, it doesn't say here, is it going to make the jump from YouTube Kids over to Disney Plus, or? I would imagine so, you know, but, uh, you know, right now, it's, it's cool. I hope so, because you get more eyes on it on the streaming service than in, that YouTube, because it wasn't oh, totally. very advertised well, so, but I, I'm looking forward to watching it. I mean, it looks like fun. I mean, I'd love it if, like, we could go back in time and we were kids and we were able to do something like this. Right. How cool would that be? You yeah. go to Disney World, it's like, hey, you want to be on Jedi Temple Challenge? Hell yeah. Yeah. What was the one when we were kids? It was the video game-based one, and at the end they got to do that, like, run-through of, like, all the video games and, like, dump it in oh, their car. Oh, uh, it was called Arcade. Was it? Okay. Yeah, with J.D. Roth. Because yes. he hosted, yeah, he hosted Fun House, which yep. was a really fun, like, kid show. And then, but Arcade was the one where you could, like, totally have interactive and run through the video game stuff. I loved that, that show. That was a fun yeah. game. I always wanted to be on yeah. it and be like, oh. I would get this game and this game yeah. and the Power Glove and the, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, another fun one as a kid that obviously is back in some form or fashion but Double Dare, man. Double Dare yeah. was always one of those shows I really wanted to be on. So Yeah. Oh, that looked like so much fun. Of course, now the uh, OCD in me would uh, sort of freak out with all the slime and goop oh, and all that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, in this day and age, we don't mess around with the coronavirus. <laughs> that, that really only works on our morning show. But yeah, uh, that's all right. Yeah. All right. At this point in the show, we would normally go through a box office report. We would talk about movie reviews of movies that we've seen. Problem is, there is no box office. There is no review of movies in the theaters because yeah. it's just not happening. It's so, just a top 10 uh, most downloaded and watched uh, 
digital movies. Yeah. The top 10. So instead, what we've been rolling out is something that we're calling Behind the Streams. So we each pick a show, a movie, something that's uh, one of the lesser known things that are popping up on the streaming service and talking a little bit about it. And my pick is a new series that popped up from creators Steve Carell and Greg Daniels. Greg Daniels, if you don't recognize the name, is one of the creators of The Office. So if you're, uh, you know, obviously Steve Carell was part of The Office. If you like that brand of humor, then this show, Space Force, on Netflix will definitely be up your alley. Um, I've seen, I think, the first four episodes so far has a huge cast. I mean, obviously Steve Carell's in it. You've got John Malkovich. Ben Schwartz, who was the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog, was also uh, Ralph Giorgio in, in Parks and Rec. Uh, Parks and yeah. Rec, yep. You have uh, Jimmy O. Yang, who, uh, if you watch Silicon Valley on HBO, he was hilarious in that. He does great in this. And uh, Lisa Kudrow plays uh, Steve Carell's wife, and it is basically a spoof on what's happening in the world in the military right now, trying to get a space force off the ground. <laughs> Takes place in uh, uh, Tony's home state of Colorado. Colorado, somewhere. It's like some made-up town out there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but still. But uh, great show, great humor. Um, definitely well worth a watch. Oh, I agree. I've watched two episodes so far, and uh, it's it's like any other new show. you got to give it a couple of episodes to kind of get the ball rolling, to, right. to let it grow. You can't go one episode and be like, I don't know. you got to give it a few, and then you'll get roped. Uh, Steve Carell's great, very dry in it. Uh, uh, I love the fact that they cuss. I mean, yeah. that makes yeah, it makes it fun, and I like cussing. Um, I'm not going to cuss on this show, but outside of here, I do like a little profanity in my life. Um Good one with that too. Uh, uh, with Space Force, there's kind of that weird uh, story going on right now that in real life, that mm. NASA or the government may fight Netflix for the rights of the name Space Force because right. they actually want to launch something. Well, they they already sort of, yeah. have, but the problem is that Netflix filed for the trademark before the U.S. government had a chance to. So Netflix owns the trademark to Space Force, which. In legal terms, because one is basically a government entity, the other is entertainment, they can both operate under the name Space Force. Where the problem comes in is if the U.S. military starts want, wanting to produce hats and mugs and shirts and whatever it is, they can't use the name Space Force without Netflix giving them permission. Nice. Well played, Netflix. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it is one of those shows that, uh, you know, it, these new comedies that are coming to the streaming services that aren't previously on television, they're not bound by the uh, time factors. Obviously, uh, you know, shows on television have to account for commercials and, and they have to fit things within a certain time, and which gives it sort of a natural flow. Whereas with these, it's just from start to finish, and so you don't get those natural breaks that you would get in a normal comedy. Right. Still worth a watch, definitely, especially if you, almost everyone has Netflix, so very easy to access that show. It is. Tony, what about your Behind the Streams? My Behind the Streams has been uh, kind of two of them. I had to think because before the show I told Chris, I'm like, hey, I talked about this one, this one. Yeah. Um, there's a show on Disney Plus called Prop Culture. Oh, I've been watching. Good one. Very good. Um, it's very new. I mean, so far they've covered things along the lines of behind uh, – the Nightmare Before Christmas, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, 
um, and some other good ones so far. I watched the Tron one, and I watched uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. one was good, yeah. So they go behind, it, it's, they find beloved artifacts. There's a guy that goes out, collects them, and actually you meet the creator of why they bought them. Uh, the Who Framed Roger Rabbit one was cool because the old stunt guy that used to drive the car around actually mm. still has that car. And oh, they no went, and, Yeah, and they went and drove it in the desert. It's just this little made car in the show where Bob Hoskins would sit mm. and where the guy that owned the car would sit below him to steer the car oh, no and how they'd put the animation over it. Very great show. It's on Disney+. Plus. It's called Prop Culture. Another Disney Plus uh, I recommend watching is Disney Gallery. I've been watching The Mandalorian one. Um, they cover everything from... The directors, they sit around, talk about what their favorite episode, what they brought to it. Um, And Chris asked me uh, about a week ago, you Mm. asked me, have I seen uh, the set design, the technology episode? I said, no, not yet. So I went and watched that. Phenomenal what we're doing nowadays to make movies. Amazing. It, It is crazy. When you watch... The Mandalorian, it feels like they legit pick somewhere in the desert and they're filming there. But if you're watching the technology, it is a total soundstage. Yep. And it just the aerial view, there's green screens everywhere. No, it's not green just screen. It's a 360-degree LED. Oh, the LED. Okay. Yeah. So the actors are able to see what's going on in the backgrounds. You know, the old green screen, they'd have to pretend. And, that and, something was there, right. Right. But here, you know, not only around them, but overhead as well. Because they went out and actually shot at certain things and just kind of exactly. put, they've mimicked the pictures right. and things. Or they've created like CGI backgrounds, but they're able to use natural lighting as opposed to having to try and falsely light something and then fill it in in the background. It is so cool. So cool. Check that out. I mean, you don't even have to be a Star Wars fan. Just the uh, the amount of technology and and them picking the brain of John Favreau, um, like what he what he used to make uh, Lion King and right. Jungle Book and all that stuff he brought from those movies and Iron Man over to make uh, the Mandalorian. So. Those are my two streaming choices I've been doing as of late, uh, other than not being able to watch right. many shows. But well, those you, are two I've checked out. You've been a busy man the last couple of weeks. Yeah, a little bit. So. <laughs> Nothing against that. All right. Uh, moving on. So before we get to the movie news, we've started picking up uh, Blu-ray releases. Let you guys know about that. Obviously, with the lack of movies in theaters, the new Blu-ray releases have been slower and slower but uh, june 9th so two days ago uh the last probably big movie that was in theaters finally hit home release and i'm talking about the hunt which uh, looked like sort of a you know most dangerous game horror a little bit of comedy in it uh looked good it went straight to premium video on demand um so it was one of the first ones to to do that but uh, now if you, you're interested in seeing it you can pick it up on blu-ray absolutely yep. It definitely looked good. It was something I wanted to see. Yeah. Uh, a couple of the others that have been released. Uh, we Summon the Darkness. Don't know anything about that. Uh, you've got uh, Doctor Who, the complete 12th series, or as we say here in the U.S., complete 12th season. Eureka, if you remember that show, the complete series. And uh, Kiss the Blood Off My Hands, an old June Fontaine, Burt Lancaster movie. And then coming up on June 16th, so next week, you've got uh, more just re-releases. So uh, Braveheart, Gladiator, a movie called The Quarry, Three Christs, and then uh, Lego Shazam Magic and Monsters. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing. Like right now, everything is uh, moving on from Blu-ray to 4K. So you get a ton of those 4K releases. A lot of re-releases, you know. Yeah. 
Uh, some of these, I mean, they even originally came out on like VHS. So if you collected the VHS and then the DVD and then the Blu-ray, now you can get the 4K and have four different versions of the same movie. Yeah, you know what I found during this quarantine time? I'm a big movie collector. Um, I really like getting the Blu-rays. And then I kind of at some point just cut it off and said, you know, I'll buy on Black Friday or if there's smoking deals and I build my movie collection that way or just really – you know, like your Marvel Cinematic Universe, Disney movies, Star Wars. Um, I found that uh, on-demand video like Vudu, which mm. is they, they got purchased by Fandango, so they didn't know that. Yeah, so they're gonna try uh, a movie, like not a movie service because you already own these movies, right. but they're gonna try to merge that somehow and right. market that some different. Well, and you've but... been able to pick up collections for cheap through through Vudu, right? <sighs> totally. Like, yeah. I mean, I went back and I got like American Pie, all four of them for like 10 bucks. Nice. Austin Powers, all three of them for 10 bucks. And you can, they give you the option. You can, when they have them on sale, it's like you can get the 4K set for the same price as like a standard definition or your high definition. So it's been nice going back. So I've been kind of getting more um, obsessed with that. And what's good about your digital collection is like if I'm out here in Nevada, I'm over at Christian's house. Like we want to watch a movie. We just log into my account and just fire it up. Just done. It's, yeah. You don't have to bring it with you. So it's nice and less clutter around the house. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, it's definitely well worth it. Well, that does it for the Blu-ray releases. Let's head on into our movie news. And here we go. Are you the key master? Laugh it up, fuzzball. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. This baby hits 88 miles per hour. They're going to see some serious shit. Oh, yeah. All right. It's so nice because, like, when we do our radio show, you know, that'll get you a fine. That would get you a fine. Yeah, that, that bad boy will cost you in and out burger. Yep. I found out the hard way. <laughs> yes, you did. It was a tasty. It was worth it. So, <laughs> All right. So the first bit of movie news is a movie we've been talking about for a while now. We've been looking forward to, and finally, we got the very first trailer. It is our trailer of the week, and we are talking about Bill and Ted Face the Music. This is Bill and Ted 3. Uh, I want to say Bogus Journey was 1991, so it has been quite a while since we've seen those two characters on screen. Been a long time. So we got the first official trailer. It is set to release in August, at the end of August. They were talking about, uh, you know, you know, during the coronavirus and making it just a straight-to-video on demand, but it looks like it will be in theaters, which I'm happy about. I I am too. I think uh, I we'll talk about the trailer here in a second, yeah. but I mean, I like that just in the last few weeks, we've gotten a lot of Bill and Ted news with graduations being postponed right. in San Dimas, California. You know, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, uh, they played their role, Bill and Ted, and mm. did their commencement speech, kind of a congratulations class. This is a virtual one. And then our joke on the show when we discussed that was, does anyone remember them, right. you know, from San Dimas? But then uh, Ryan had mentioned, well they're in San Dimas, I'm sure they know of these characters. We would hope so, and most people recognize Keanu Reeves, uh, most recently as John Wick. Yeah, or, yeah, that would be, oh my God, John Wick. It wouldn't be uh, Theodore Logan. No. <laughs> and Alex Winter would be like, is that the guy from the Walmart commercial? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, while the first two movies were certainly... Excellent! Yeah, we have, we have to wait to see you know, Bill and Ted 3 face the music. Now, the trailer did drop, and... Uh, you know, I told Tony, my, my initial gut reaction, I've watched it once. I wasn't overly impressed. I, I, I think it missed the mark on some of the humor. 
towards the end of the trailer where they meet their future selves in prison and uh, that was pretty funny uh, obviously we see that death is coming back but uh, my hope is that they didn't show the funniest parts in the trailer that they save that for the movie itself because the trailer fell just a little flat for me yeah i i have to agree with you on that i'm still gonna see this i definitely in the uh it looks like a good movie to me where i'd go see it in theaters my worries for this movie is the fact that you have not seen a Bill and Ted movie since 1991. That's a long freaking time. I hope it doesn't fall the way of uh, Dumb and Dumber. Right. That they took too long to come back. Yeah. And you know, Dumb and Dumber. Or is that what it was? Dumb called? and Dumber Two. It was just, Geo. It was just called Dumb and Dumber Two. Yeah. Dumb and Dumber was the prequel. Yeah. Right. And that was yeah. terrible. No. Um, so this one, who knows? It could go Bad Boys on us. Bad Boys take yeah. took a long time, and Bad Boys kicked ass every time it came back. So we'll see. We'll, I, the storyline seems kind of lame. Like, uh, well, it sort of makes sense that you know it's it follows the formula that they've already established. You know, they've gotten to a point where you know they didn't write that song that changed the world and and the universe, and so now they're trying to figure out a way to sort of write their destiny and uh, obviously face the music as they're getting older they need to do it before they kick the bucket but uh too bad rufus won't be in it yeah, yeah. maybe there'll be a nod into it maybe a deep fake yeah so but uh you know the first two movies and this movie was written by and directed by the same writers and directors as uh the first two movies so there is hope there you know, people look back at Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey and think, oh, man, that's just a stupid movie about two stupid guys. But if you really watch it, it's really intelligently written. It really is. Um, <laughs> that's an ongoing joke on the Phoenix show is uh, that's where you get all your education yeah. from Bill and Ted's Excellent <laughs> Adventure. Yeah, time travel my, my history. history yeah. yeah. And I got to say, Bogus Journey had one of the best heavy metal soundtracks. It yes. kicked ass. Yeah. Yeah, it looked good. So, uh, you know, we'll probably see one more trailer before the movie itself is released uh, in theaters August. August 21st? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, looking forward to it, but, you know, hopefully it uh, meets our expectations, and maybe they're doing the sort of thing where they're releasing the first trailer to sort of lower expectations to make it good when we go to see it. Absolutely. Well, and I think that's kind of the thing. You kind of go in low, and then uh, hopefully you leave out like, oh, Okay, that was much better than I thought. You know, can't go in thinking it's going to be the best of the Bill and Ted's because it's got some living up to do. Yeah, it does. All right, moving on. Uh, you know, we were watching the other day uh, War of the Worlds, Yeah, well, obviously starring Tom Cruise. And it's one of those things where Tom Cruise, no matter how crazy he is in his personal life or whether you believe in Scientology or not, he's just a good actor. He is a really? solid, solid actor in pretty much everything he's in. Yeah, like you'd be hard pressed. There's not a whole lot of movies off the top of my head I can think of that were really bad per se no. from him. You know, maybe some weird choices like uh, what was the Cuba, the Kubra, Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. That was a weird one. Yeah, uh, wasn't terrible. It was just weird. Just weird. Yep. Yeah, it's, and Vanilla Sky. That was a trippy that, movie. Yeah. That was trippy. But other than that, I mean. Typically, his movies are great, especially if it comes to action. Exactly. Dude, it's, it's his bread and butter. He it's does so his good. own stunts, yeah. And, yeah, and it really shows. Well, over the years, Tom Cruise has risked life and limb to bring us some of the most outrageous stunts ever committed to film. And according to Deadline, the actor may very well be plotting to take his extreme stunts to the final frontier. That's right. Tom Cruise is headed to outer space. Per Deadline, what? 
Yep. Tom Cruise and Elon Musk's SpaceX are said to be working on a project with NASA, which would become the first narrative feature film to be shot in outer space. While you might assume that Cruise would save his first outer space stunts for the Mission Impossible franchise, Deadline says that this won't be a Mission Impossible project and that no studios are attached at this point. It is still very early days of the project, but if anyone is going to do it, our money would be on Cruise. So uh, interesting, you know, it's, it's taking things to that next level. Who knows what the result will be, but... Uh, I could see like a Spielberg produce producer credit on here or something and i and i definitely see it being a paramount movie crew at because crew's own skydance pictures like that's his and typically they part they have a good partnership with paramount well i mean that they hold the rights to top gun uh mission impossible and all a ton of his other ones you know if i'm not mistaken was war of the worlds uh paramount one i don't know it was dreamworks it was a dreams dreamworks was it yeah uh, it was directed by Spielberg. So, yeah. yeah. So they've got, you know, good relationships. And again, whether you like Tom Cruise, you dislike Tom Cruise, there's no debating that he's a badass actor. He's he's good. He is good. Dude is yeah. good. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to learning more about that. And when they start actually filming, I'm sure we're going to get, you know, some behind the scenes uh, sneak peeks. And, and uh, it's an interesting project nonetheless. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. All right, uh, moving on. So, uh, you know, we were talking about DC TV shows earlier and uh, moving into the world of DC movies. One thing everybody's been looking forward to is the Snyder Cut of Justice League, which is coming to HBO Max in 2021. Uh, Famously, Zack Snyder left Justice League. He had some personal problems at home. Joss Whedon stepped in and and put his own take on it, and it didn't quite feel right. you know, I think uh, that dark, brooding, you know, vision that Snyder brings to it would have made a much better movie than uh, what Joss Whedon tried to do with making it a little more lighthearted. All of that goes to say that uh, while we're seeing a director cut of Justice League, we may also be seeing a director cut of Suicide Squad. Uh, this one's for you, Lacey, if you're watching. I hope you are. Um, ah, ah, ah. Oh, Ah. hell no. Ah, ah, ah. Like, okay, when this movie came out a few years ago, they really hyped this up with Jared Leto. Like, first guy to to play the role of Joker since uh, Heath Ledger. Ledger, And that's a tough role role to fill. And, yeah, he went and took it, and he may be, as David Ayers has been stating like he's been defending the hell out of this right. a because airs definitely wants to release this yep right and and maybe if jared leto shot this much stuff maybe it'll make the character a little better because it was so choppy i'm not i'm not giving it a lot of hope i see your <laughs> face i see your face right there i feel the same way yeah um but the thing is is it seems like i think when jared leto signed up to do this he kind of had the thought like i'm gonna be the star i'm gonna have a lot of stuff right. He was barely in the damn movie. Right. Shoot. But for uh, good, re- good reason. Yeah, yeah. like, heck, uh, Margot Robbie went off to go play uh, Harley Quinn one other time since then. Yep. You know, she'll probably be back again before this, you know, before he gets to. And then you got to look at uh, Joaquin Phoenix went on to do the Joker. He did the Joker way better than, uh, you know, Jared Leto, Leto did yep. and went off, you know. Yeah. I, I just wasn't a fan of the whole hot topic version of of the joker, joker. not nah, yeah. me either and i but i will do this for uh, mr leto i think his role in morbius coming up as that i think that he's going to own that character i yeah. think he's going to do really well with that 
I think he's going to do well in the Sony Marvel <laughs> universe. Um, this just wasn't the right role. Exactly. So with that said, Suicide Squad director David Ayer says that a director's cut of his DC Universe movie would be easy to complete. So it's not officially in the works, but he'd like it to be. The comment stands in contrast to the news of the infamous Snyder Cut of Justice League releasing in 2021 and costing 20 to $30 million. That's on top of what they already spent. Ayer made the comments in a tweet Monday responding to a collider editor asking why DC didn't release his cut of Suicide Squad on the service like HBO Max. His response was, this is a good question. My cut would be easy to complete. It would be incredibly cathartic for me. It's exhausting getting your ass kicked for a film that got the Edward Scissorhands treatment. The film I made has never been seen. So, uh, you know, it, it might be, a, it couldn't be any worse. No, I think this might be one of those cool things that maybe HBO Max, if uh, Snyder Cut ends up being good, maybe it's something they can revisit. Uh, I do feel bad for directors that go out and they have their vision right. for a movie and the studio is like, nah, we're doing it this way. Um, Josh Trank is obviously still very pissed off about the way his Fantastic right. Four was done because the studio said, no, blah, 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 this is the way we do it. And that's where Marvel's been so successful is they give their directors the, free, the freedom to make the movie that the director wants to make within the guidelines of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But it's not like Warner Brothers stepping in with these DC movies and saying, oh, no, we're taking it over, we're cutting this, this, and this. And Suicide Squad itself was a rushed movie. I mean, Absolutely. from production to release, it was, I think, less than a year, which yeah. is unheard of. Yeah, they didn't do that one too well. Now, they had a great cast. They had they some top-notch actors, Will Smith, Margot Robbie, um, uh, just so many. I mean, Jared Leto, he's a great actor. I right. mean, just not, not in that role. Um, and I do feel like it just, unfortunately, was one of those butchery things. When you watch it, it just... It didn't feel right, and that kind of is how the whole DC universe felt for me. It's like they needed to play catch-up to Marvel, and the problem was is it was so half-assed and rushed that yeah. almost all DC movies that came out during that time weren't all that great. No, I mean, Wonder Woman, I think, was the first to come out where it's like, okay, there might be some hope. Yeah, and I almost feel like just focus on your one franchise, build it, see how it goes, and then if there's success with multiple successes, like I felt Shazam was very well done. Yep. Uh, Aquaman, for what it was, wasn't too bad. No, no. Um, I thought the... One of my favorite, it, the CGI in the it, CG for, it being, was, for being yeah. a big-time... Uh, between DC and Warner Brothers being two big companies, like, this CGI sucked. Yeah, it felt cartoony. It very did. Yeah. Uh, very much did. Very did. It's not did. a thing. It's very did. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if you tie things up like that and just build off small building bricks, it's kind of like, I think there was a vision with Marvel, like, we're going to start with Iron Man and go there. But I think in the back of their minds, they're like, if this bombs it, just we don't move forward. Right. They planted Easter eggs in case, and that's okay. Easter eggs are great for fanboys. It's yeah. fantastic. Doesn't mean you have to act on it if yeah. it's not a good movie. Don't rush it. Take your time. Couldn't agree more. All right, let's move <laughs> on. Tony, go ahead. It's been been a minute for this one, right? All right. As the nerd world turns, it's back in action. Post Corona nerd story: The <laughs> New Mutants. <laughs> Yeah, we are talking New Mutants, which is sort of the redheaded stepchild <laughs> of the Fox X-Men franchise. Oh, man. For years, it's been delayed and then promoted and then pushed off, then delayed again. And then it was uh, put up on Amazon out of the blue as a digital pre-order and then taken down immediately. 
Well, all of that goes to say that uh, they are planning on still releasing it in theaters. They ha still haven't given a date yet, but uh, it is not going the route of the premium video on demand that a lot of people were thinking. Um, and the, the weird thing about this is, and we've talked about our distaste for uh, Dark Phoenix, the last of oh, the X-Men. awful. The most recent oh. trailer for this makes it look actually pretty good. It does. I bet you the New Mutants is actually going to be pretty awesome. I don't know why they haven't released it. I think uh, it's one of those that this thing has been in the can for a long time. Shoot, I, I'm i pretty sure Dark Phoenix wasn't even filmed yet. And that even like was made, came yeah. out, and released since then. Yep. I, um, I think Macy Williams, what, maybe what were they, uh, season three or four of Game of Thrones when she was it was this yeah. one? It's still very young in this movie, and uh, obviously Game of Thrones is done. She's uh, She's got to be almost 21, 20, 21 at this point. I don't know her age, but uh, yeah, this thing, uh, I think it deserves. I think everybody that's involved in this movie, it deserves at least the light of day. I and, agree. Uh, maybe, just saying, I the right thing to do since... Not a lot of people know about the New Mutants. The last X-Men didn't do so good. I don't know so much if I would... Actually, I take that back. I was just about to say, I don't know if I'd put that in theaters. I'd probably put that on demand. Scratch that. <laughs> I would actually get this thing out in August. You, you sound like uh, the people behind New Mutants can't figure out uh, yeah, what you do out. with it. <laughs> no, but right now, here's a good marketing ploy. Think about it. Think of it. Every big movie that said, peace out, we'll see in 2021. We're out of here. You've got Tenet coming out on the 18th, and then you've got Milan coming out on July 24th. Yeah. Two movies. It's, you get two big movies come out. Nothing is opposing those movies. Nothing is rivaling them. Pick an empty weekend. Drop it. Then. Drop it. Just do it. You yeah. will make money because people are, yeah. are clamoring to get back to theaters the theaters would be happy to play anything new content because they're going to have to play older content for variety. I mean, yeah. you can't just run your business off of Tenet and Mulan. You're going to have to bring them back with the classics, like back, you know, like our friend Tim, Back to the Future, uh, Indiana Jones. They're playing those in the Montana theaters. So, um, yeah, so I, re I digress and I say put that in the theater. Get it going. Don't wait. Strike while the iron's hot. Make your money. I absolutely agree. Beautiful. Like it. Well, that does it for the movie news. Now, before we get to video games, one quick update. Uh, obviously, with coronavirus and shutdowns of every event you could possibly think of, obviously, one of the casualties of war was San Diego Comic-Con being canceled for this year. Well, when Comic-Con International in San Diego was canceled for the first time in the show's long-standing history due to the coronavirus pandemic, fans of the annual gathering were left feeling gutted and at a loss with what to do about their latest and greatest cosplay creations. That is until today. I'm very pleased to share that Comic-Con has unveiled details for the show's virtual replacement titled Comic-Con at Home. Ooh. The at-home event will take place online July 22nd through the 26th, which were the days it was normally going to be um, in person, and will be free for anyone who wishes to attend. For those of you who covet the celebration's exclusive swag, fear not because Comic-Con plans on launching an online exhibit hall complete with a raft of exhibitors, many of which will offer event-specific promotions, specials, and limited edition products that are specific to the show. Furthermore, Comic-Con at Home will also host a masquerade, gaming, and other activities that fans can participate in from the comfort of their own homes. I 
that's great news. I know? love it. I hope the movie studios, I hope they have like some big trailers that have been sitting in the can. Right. Just been chilling. <laughs> they do some Zoom panels with the oh, actors. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Take a page off of Josh Gad. I mean, with his reunited apart, getting together uh, Back to Future Ghostbusters. That drops Monday if you're watching this. Um, I think how cool would that be to do a panel like that? And then if you're keeping it interactive, have people submit your questions. You know, kind of like we do on the Phoenix show. Drop us uh, a line. You know, interact. I. How cool is that? I Very innovative instead of just flat out canceling yeah. it. I really like what they're doing. And for you being a, uh, you know, back in the day you collected the toys. I know you don't as much now, but to see the two, the the two, the cool two. collectibles, like from uh, Nico, they do the right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. They're so detailed. They're Funko. Yeah. They Excited do the exclusives. They yeah. The exclusives yeah. every year, which are so hard to get. They're and a pain in the ass to get. <laughs> there might be a lottery system online, but, you know, Hasbro always had great exclusives. Mattel, Funko, yeah. uh, Neko, NECA. NECA. Sorry. NECO is a uh, NECO wafer. Right. <laughs> but uh, Lego. You know, those Lego minifigures that they release every year were when highly we went, coveted. What was it? Like, we had something as silly as a, a DC character mm-hmm. that was exclusive. And we literally, while we were in line to watch, uh, for to get into Hall H to see uh, Age of Ultron, I think Christian and I sold our little Lego exclusive for pretty good money. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. It was we, over 100 bucks. Yeah, we sold our Ninja Turtle uh for when the CGI TV show was coming out, we yep. sold like our little hat or something goofy. Yep. Like it was a foot soldier hat, right? Yeah. 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 A little trucker hat. And that thing sold for a good amount. People want the stuff. And if you're there, you're there. But I think this is cool. Cause this gives you me, you, the guy out here gives everybody a fair shot at it. You don't even have to be there. So I think that's really neat. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Me too. All right. Uh, let's move on to video game. Oh, I like news. Videos. Hey man, you want to play some video games? <laughs> All right, in the world of video games, and we've got a handful of stories, some exciting stuff here, but the biggest one was revealed today. Sony is finally giving the world a glimpse at PlayStation 5 games, and you can see them all, well, we'll post it on our uh, Facebook page, but uh, during, during Sony's live stream Thursday today, it showed off what it called a glimpse at the future of gaming, providing a first look at the PS5 gameplay and reveals as well as the console design itself. Now, the console design, as we were joking, sort of looks like a, <laughs> yeah. a wonky uh, uh, modem. Like a, like a router or something, yeah, a little, a little on the weird it's unique. It is. It's very unique. Yeah. It's yeah. black and white, and uh, you know, if you've seen the controller design, it fits. You know, yeah, it definitely fits. It, and it's a different look for a PlayStation controller for the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they've kept pretty much the same design, just slightly modified since uh, the PS1 DualShock. Yep. Yeah. And this is going to be the first discless uh, option that's available. So, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about putting the discs in. You can just order them offline, but they will also have one that has the discs. Hopefully we'll offer backwards compatibility. That's what I'm, yeah, I'm a little, a little bummed for a big reveal event that we didn't get a tease of backwards compatibility. Cause I, I know you got a PS4. I got a PS4. Um, I got a good chunk of disc games that I'd like to carry over. I mean, yeah, I w- I'm I'm okay with having a disc drive, and I'm okay with digital too. Mm. But the problem I have with digital is how fast the damn hard drive fills up. I 
I don't right. like that aspect yeah. of it. And how long it takes to download the games. And that's regardless of a disc or, you know. Right. You know what would be badass is if, uh, and I'm sure they can do this. I'm sure that somebody's got to be working on this. Like cloud gaming. Just, right. just I want to be able to jump in and I don't want to have to download 80 gigabytes. Like I gave up on Call of Duty Modern Warfare, this last one. Right. Because every update patch is like 60 to 80 gigs. Right. And it's like, I finally have internet at home that's fast enough to do that. <laughs> but it's... I don't want to fill it up just to play one game. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So, well, And Google attempted to do that with the Stadia, which wasn't very well received. But if the other developers or the other uh, console makers can take that sort of technology yeah. and adapt it to systems that we know and love. Yeah. I, mean, I think Microsoft, um, uh, Sony, and even Nintendo could pull that off. I think they would have a big enough support for that that would be success in in fact, you know, I know it's not in our list of things we're talking about on this, but Sega's doing uh, fog gaming, right? And they're using utilizing arcades across the the U.S. and Japan. It's obviously bigger in Japan, right? Um, and they're getting the servers in there to to do the fog gaming to just make it like a cloud type thing, so right. you can access. And I, I think if you're going to go to an all digital, I think that's right. But uh, time will tell. Um, I'm intrigued by it. I'm, I'm mainly intrigued by the games they announced with it, yeah. too. That, uh, that really kind of got my interest peaked. Uh, the design is just okay. Nothing that uh, Nature Boy Ric Flair means. And woo! I don't have my woo <laughs> And I don't have that sound Yes, yeah, so I don't so. have the sound bite, so you get right. a terrible yeah. woo there. But uh, They expect it to come out sometime around the holiday, and no price has been revealed yet. So we don't know. Is it going to be 400 500 600 bucks? If history... It, that though it's it's a death wish if it's anything above six hundred dollars. Oh yes. No console has ever been successful being that high. Uh, I think the PS3 tried that. Yep. Remember, I think it was like seven hundred dollars, like yeah. six ninety nine. Quickly lowered the price. Oh, they had to. And I mean, I I would say if if I was guessing a price on the PS5, I think if you're gonna go with a disc, top of the line version, you're probably looking at four ninety nine. Would be my thought on that right, one. Maybe three ninety nine for, for the, the discless one. Yeah. yeah, initially, and and then I think over time you'll see that slip to two ninety. Yeah, you'll see each of them slip a hundred bucks. Right. Kind of like your modern ones. Like you can get a discless Xbox One now. That's a smaller version right. for one ninety nine. Um, you can still get the uh, Xbox One X, the 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 whatever the fanciest one is now. That's like three. That's been three ninety nine. That finally slipped to two ninety nine. So even over time they slip, but. You know, Nintendo was smart. Just we're two ninety nine. There you go, yep. and that's and, pretty standard for a console nowadays. Exactly. Yeah. And with this being a next gen game system, obviously expect better graphics and and more uh, immersive worlds. And they released the slate of games, which we'll run down pretty quickly here because we've got a lot of video game news to cover. Uh, the first one being Horizon Two Forbidden West. I never played Horizon Zero Dawn. I've heard that was a fantastic game. Never played it myself either. Yeah. Uh, a game that people loved, and I still haven't picked it up yet. Spider-Man PS4, which was fantastic. Cool. Beautiful. They're now taking that next level to Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, which uh, same developers, but they're just uh, going to be available on launch date, which is really exciting. That is. That's a hell of a good launch title. Um Spider-Man was actually one of the reasons why I picked up a PS4. I was very much not ever getting into the PS4 world because I'm an Xbox guy. I used to be a PlayStation guy with PS1 and right. 2. Not so much 3. Kind of became an Xbox 360 guy and 
kind of jumped on the Microsoft train at that point. Well, Microsoft had better exclusive titles at that point. Yeah, one, they're smart too. How they've wrote me is the digital downloads. Most of them followed over to the next gen. Not all of them, but most. And, you know, I I do like the PS4. I think the PS4 is a great system. I love Sony's exclusive titles, and this is one of them. Which is awesome. So this next one, uh, Tony was telling me a little bit about it, which, I don't know. So Resident Evil 8 Village. This time it's uh, weird, <laughs> no pun intended, this is not the YMCA, but village, like village people, so mm-hmm. like very demented village people, werewolves and witches, so it's maybe like uh, along the lines of a weird medieval monster-esque thing. Yeah, uh, they're getting away from the zombies and that so- yeah. whole sort of thing and uh, yeah, I'm bringing in other I mean, I'm intrigued by it. If I never played Resident Evil 7 because that was a departure a bit for the series. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually gone back and done the remakes of uh, Resident Evil 2 and 3. Mm. Fantastic remakes. Yeah, yeah. They make good games. It's just it's going to be interesting to see you know, what oh, the abs- departure looks absolutely. like. Gran Turismo 7, fantastic uh, racing series. Yeah, fan- and, and the details, the graphics on this. Just I hope what you see in this reveal trailer is legit yeah. what we're getting because that's phenomenal. Yeah. Another longtime PlayStation favorite, Ratchet & Clank. Rift Apart. Very fun multi-platformer uh, multi, uh, game. Yeah. I liked it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I liked it. It was a good good platformer, solid graphics, Insomniac games. Again, they made the Spider-Man and Insomniac's hitting it out of the park with Ratchet and Clank and Spider-Man as uh, early launch titles. I yeah. think that's that bodes well for Sony. A uh, couple other ones that I'm not familiar with. Uh, Demon Souls Remake and Deathloop PS5. Don't know anything about those. Graphics look sweet. They do. NBA 2K21. Those games are always fun. Yeah. The graphics, I think you're just going to get better and better. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, more uh, from the 2K series. I hope they get back to making their sports games really well and fine-tuned. 2K's kind of gone off the rails. And that they make a football game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Bring it back. There's rumor that's supposed to come back uh, next year. Like, uh, they're finally going to start branching out and make different NFL games. So that right. way Madden's not the only one. And I think you got to have some variety. Yep. This one's interesting. Uh, so they announced uh, GTA or Grand Theft Auto 5, but they also have Grand Theft Auto Online, which will be given free to all PS5 owners when it's launched in 2021. You know, my nephews got GTA Online and they really liked it. I never played it. Um, GTA 5 is a great game. I do have that on uh, PS4. Um haven't played it a whole lot. It's one of those games you really got to divulge your time in. And as we know, I don't... Uh, we don't have a whole lot of that. No, I yeah. put a lot of that towards this and the and the morning show and my real life job outside right. of all that. Yeah. <laughs> and then quickly, I'm going to run down the list of the other titles because most people aren't familiar with them, aside from Hitman 3. But uh, you have Sackboy, A Big Adventure, Hitman 3, as I mentioned, Ghostwire Tokyo, don't know what that is, Godfall, Pragmata, Astro's Playroom, Oddworld, that's uh, a familiar recognizable name. names. Yeah. yeah, Oddworld, Soulstorm, Returnal, no idea what that is, Destruction All-Stars, Project Athia, Stray, Kina, Bridge of Spirits, Goodbye Volcano. Oh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> Jet the Far Shore, Solar Ash, Little Devil Inside, Bug Snacks, and that's it. So a lot of games at launch. Yeah, a lot of games at launch. A lot of weird titles. Yeah. Um, little Sackboy is kind of intriguing. That's the little mascot from a Little Big Planet. That was a big uh, Sony property there. Really? Yeah. Hmm. A little cutesy 
type game. Very cool. Um, you said that was a Sega property? Uh, no, Sony property. Sony, yeah. Sony. That was okay. like Sony's, uh, you know, they used to have Crash Bandicoot as their mascot and then Spyro, right. but because those were actually Insomniac sold them to Activision, right. they became available to everybody that couldn't be their guys. So Sackboy was something uh, Sony Entertainment Studios created. So that's their own little IP. All right, very cool. Well, moving on, I, I mentioned Sega, and it must have been one of those Inception-type moments Sega! that I was hearing what I wanted to hear. But Sega has announced a palm-sized Game Gear micro console. So it's actually a set of Game Gear micro consoles that have been revealed as part of Sega's 60th anniversary collection, uh, currently only going to be available in Japan, and uh, they'll sell for about 50 bucks a piece. But there are four versions, a black, blue, yellow, and red, and each comes preloaded with four games and each, you know, different to the color. So the black will include Sonic the Hedgehog, Puyo Puyo 2, Outrun, and Royal Stone. Blue will have Sonic and Tails, Gunstar Heroes, Sylvan Tail, and Baku Baku Animal. Yellow is going to have Shining Force 1, Shining Force 2, Shining Force Gaiden, Final Conflict, and Nazo Puyo Arl no Ru. That was my favorite game. <laughs> Uh, and then the red one will have Revelations, The Demon Slayer, Megami Tensei Gaiden, Last Bible Special, The Gigi Shinobi, and Columns. Out of those ones, if you had to pick one, what would you pick, Tone? Probably the yellow one. I like Shining Force. That was uh, one of my favorite RPGs. Um, if it wasn't that one, it'd probably be the blue one, Gunstar Heroes. I'm is with a fantastic you. game. Sonic and Sonic Tales. Tales was a good Game Gear game. What If they release this in America, I think this is a bad idea. And when I say Game Gear Micro, I mean micro. This thing is tiny. It's a one-inch screen, tiny little buttons. It doesn't make sense for the no. U.S. consumer. No, I think if you're going to bring a Game Gear collection, you do it on uh, like your digital platforms, whether it's uh, mobile. Mobile gaming would be ideal. Yes. Drop that as just games you could download on the app. Or you release it as a collection you could play on your Switch. The Switch would be a fantastic yeah. service to put that on. Or if you had to do Xbox and stuff. But I wouldn't release them. I would make it just one collection with a bunch of classic Game Gear games. Because there were some good ones. But as far as a mini system goes, bad idea. No. Bad no. idea. No, I agree. And the price, if you break that down in American dollars, that's 50 bucks for for four games for one little thing. That's a waste of money. Yeah, not yeah, worth it. Nah, bad not deal. Not worth it. Cool, right. to, cool to see it come back, but no thanks. All right, let's move on to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. A surprise DLC for the game is now live and brings new cosmetics, a battle grid, new game plus, new game plus, I don't know what that is, and combat challenges to the game. This free DLC update was revealed in a trailer from developer Respawn today as part of the Star Wars May the 4th celebration. Obviously, that what didn't take place today. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. The Jedi Fallen Order DLC unlocks cosmetics and new combat challenges that can be accessed through meditation points. These challenges take place on different planets featured in the game, like Ilum and Kashyyyk, and uh, We'll post the trailer on our website, but not on our website, but our Facebook page. Tony, you have Jedi Fallen Order. Have you downloaded the DLC yet? No, it's actually hard to download. I did this uh, back when it came out. You have to play through the game and actually find the meditation points. Oh, seriously? Yeah, it's not just in your menu, so it's, oh. a, little, it's a little bit of a pain in the ass. The game is great. Mm -hmm. If you're a Star Wars fan, highly recommend picking it up. But as far as getting the DLC, 
Yeah, it's a it's a pain in the ass because you got to find these things, and it's like a save point. You know, like when we were playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, little shield checkpoints you could swap mm. your team at something along those lines. So. Okay, all right, well, great game nonetheless. Well, if you're a fan of the Star Wars video games, but don't quite have the time or energy to master the little bit harder ones like Jedi Fallen Order, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga Skywalker. has a release date now on the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch, and PC as well, October 20th, 2020. Uh, the release date was announced in uh, on the official Star Wars YouTube channel, although no new details have revealed alongside it. Now, if I'm not mistaken, there's already a version of the Skywalker saga that's out right now, right? Yeah, they've, uh, they've obviously released them as uh, a long time ago. You had Lego Star Wars, which was... Uh, the prequels, mm -hmm. then they re then they released Lego Star Wars two, which was the the movies we grew up with, right? The original trilogy. Then, <laughs> when the Phantom Earth, the Phantom Menace, uh, when the Force Awakens came out, that was its own standalone game. Okay, S but they never combined them. Well, and then there was the they did when uh, Xbox three sixty did combine a, a complete saga, which right. was just the first. Basically, it was the first two Lego Star Wars games combined into one. Okay. This one is going to be all redone. It's going to be completely new, mm -hmm. and each level is going to just have, like, uh, I think it's three to five levels of each chapter okay. to so get through. It's, it's, it's not like broken down. Yeah, not like you're playing for hours and hours and hours no. just to get through one movie. Bite, or more bite-sized, yeah. But what, what's cool about this one, too, is now we're going to be able to go through The Last Jedi, which they never released one for, and uh, Rise of the Skywalker. So, okay. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for it. It's definitely you know something I would pick up. And, you know, if you don't want to pick up these games right away, another you know, Traveler's Tales is a lot like Capcom. Give it about six months to a year, and you'll find these things dirt cheap. Yeah. Like, like I see them all the time. There's always a Lego game that's like ten bucks. Like, right. I think well, a couple of weeks ago they had the complete Marvel Lego Marvel collection. Like mm. all three of them, Avengers, uh, Lego Marvel one and two, and it was like all three for fifteen bucks. Yeah. And they're fun games. You know, there's puzzles you have to solve, and uh, you know whether you're our age, you know almost 40 or you know my yeah. kids age who are seven and ten when just... you put it that way i'm like i'm excited and i'm like almost 40 and i'm all jazzed <laughs> for that but yeah lego star uh star wars skywalker saga out in october if you pre-order on amazon uh you can get uh like the cover is um a han solo and carbonite but it's lego han Oh, that's kind of cool. In Lego Carbonite. So All right. There you go. Oh, cool. All right. Moving on to Nintendo. So Nintendo. <laughs> it's a cereal now. Nintendo. If you want to know what that refers to, go watch the Christian Phoenix radio show. Yeah, baby. Great bit on that. Anyway, <laughs> so Nintendo has announced that Paper Mario the Origami King will be released on Nintendo Switch on July 17th, 2020. Paper Mario the Origami King is a brand new adventure that has Mario teaming up with his new partner, Olivia, as they, quote, they team up with unlikely allies like Bowser and the Toads to battle evil folded soldiers. Now, I never played any of the original Paper Mario. I heard they were fun games, but uh, how do you think this compares to, to that? Um, I never played uh, Color Splash or Sticker Star. Those were like the last two. I didn't play uh -huh. those. I played the 64 one. It's one of those games like uh, it's 
it's a it's an RPG action RPG game, so it's not like your standard Mario. Um, to me, I would have rather preferred a Mario adventure. I, I enjoy my Mario's as platformers, yeah. um, not so much as an RPG. Now, okay. the story looks great. The animation on this looks very cutesy. Um, Nintendo's, I mean, obviously they make sequels and they take the time because they're so well done. Um, I think this is like your Mario answer to like a Legend of Zelda. It's a very just detailed, like story-based game okay. as opposed to a platformer. But, right. uh, you know, this is something I would probably pick up, though. It looks neat. Um, I don't really know the backstory. and So it might be worth the purchase. Yes. All right. Finally, on to our last story of the day, last video game story. Uh, we've talked about the many different variations that Arcade 1-Up has come up with that, you know, they brought back classic arcade games that we grew up and loved. Uh, Ninja Turtles, uh, Street Fighter, Mortal uh, Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Um, well, they've announced their latest slate of arcade one-up games, and uh, we'll go through those. Uh, the first one being the Miss Pac-Man cabinet, which includes Miss Pac-Man, Galaxian Pac-Mania, and Pac-Man Plus. You have the Marvel one-up arcade, um, sorry, arcade one-up Marvel cabinets. Uh, boy, my brain is starting to go already. Well, this well, this is a this is a beefy episode. We have this is almost like two action-packed episodes in one, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. But uh, this one looks. I mean, this is right up my alley. Heck so, yes. This one includes um, games including the arcade one-up X-Men versus Street Fighter cabinet is X-Men versus Street Fighter, Marvel versus Capcom Clash of Superheroes, X-Men Children of the Atom, and X-Men Mutant Apocalypse, which I don't remember that game. That one's the Super Nintendo one. I do remember. Yeah, that game. which is weird because. That's the console release. That should have been in that. Uh, um, if they, have, oh, I was gonna say the Aladdin Lion King one, because the Aladdin was very different because right. it was a Capcom. But that's where that brain went. Okay. I wouldn't have put that one in there. Probably not. No. Now they have another cabinet, which is the Marvel vs. Capcom Clash of Superheroes cabinet, which includes Marvel Superheroes War of the Gems. X-Men vs. Street Fighter, Marvel vs. Capcom Clash of Superheroes, and Marvel Superheroes vs. Street Fighter. So uh, both of those would be great, great pickups. You know what I would have done is I would have not, I would have made them a little different than that. I mean, they look bitching. I've shared this on the uh, Proton Pack page. The cabinet artwork and everything looks phenomenal. Yeah, classic. And, yeah. yeah. I, and they're probably waiting. I get it for Marvel vs. Capcom 2. I would have had one with Marvel vs. Capcom 1 and 2. Yes. And I would have had some of the other verses. I would have left off uh, Mutant Apocalypse. And I probably would have left Children of the Atom off because that was on their last one. Mm -hmm. They've they've already released a Marvel superheroes um, cabinet. Right. So, you know, here nor there, still badass. And aside from the video game cabinets or the tabletop cabinets, they've now ventured into a couple different types of arcade cabinets. The first being the Arcade 1-Up Marvel Pinball Cabinet. And so it is a pinball cabinet. Now, not as you would expect a pinball cabinet to be with uh, mechanical uh, flappers and ball and all of that. It is a digital screen that's recessed into there. So you're playing a video game still, but it is a pinball shape, size, and obviously pinball game there as well. It's very neat. Now, it's going to have 10 of those preloaded Marvel tables from Zen, which you can really play those games already right now on, right. 
on any system yep. pretty much. But still very cool if you got a man cave and you want to show off. It's pretty damn neat. It is. And then finally they have the arcade one up big buck hunter cabinet. So it'll be the first one that has, you know, accessories, you know, where as opposed to a joystick and buttons, this has the um the shotgun and, and you can obviously play uh, big buck hunter on it and uh includes big buck Hunt, god i can't even say big buck hunter big buck big hunter, big buck buck hunter, hunter. pro big buck hunter pro open season big buck safari and big buck safari outback, outback jack <laughs> so some great releases from arcade one up now i've said many times in the past that my only problem with them is that they're not full-size arcade machines they're like half size, they're tiny, and my body is just not built to play those. Yeah, we had the discussion this morning when we were talking about it, uh, bef like uh, before the Phoenix show, and so I'm, I'm with you. It's one of those, they're so neat, because like NBA Jam's coming out, they're very neat things, and you know, you got to have some money for them, because they're not cheap. You only get four games, Yeah, sure you get the arcade cabinet in the field, but that's pretty pricey, you know, like if you're going to do... Like the Marvel games, I think you could justify 400 bucks if you took all the titles and threw it on there. And, mm -hmm. and you had just had variety. And, and you go through the space, like if you're a collector and you live in just a regular house and you right. have a room, how many one-up machines can you have? I mean, it would be cool to have that collection. But again, to, being, to be able to physically play those... Mm -hmm. would be very difficult. Yeah, like if I'm going to do TMNT, but I want the real Turtles cabinet. Yeah. I don't want the tiny little one, because you can see them at your local Walmart, because on top of these one-ups, I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy, but on the bottom, you have to buy a riser. So if you want those things to even rise up, mm -hmm. I mean... And it's still too short yeah, for me. Yeah, well, exactly. When I'm a short dude, and they're <laughs> a little short for me. Yeah. So. Well, folks... That does it. it to the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a while, but we're glad to be back. Yeah, buddy. happy to be back. Thanks happy to bring you the you know geeky nerdy news. Uh, as always, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, leave messages, leave comments. We love the interaction. Tony, any parting words you want to take us out on? Yes, check out the Christian Phoenix Show Monday through fi Friday. Leave us a message, and, and this just gives you a chance to see us more often. But we'll be back as the entertainment world comes around. We'll be back out more often. But until then, thanks for tuning in. We love you guys. Subscribe, share, and as Chris always says, sharing is caring. Not caring. Hasta la vista, baby. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Woo! Mommy, where's Fluffy? Goodbye.